Tip today in association with Slattery's of Pecan, your main Peugeot dealer for over 50 years in the Premier County. Slattery'sGarage.ie Thanks, Sarah. Welcome along to the second hour of uh, Tip Today. Now, don't forget we have those um, uh, tickets to the annual bar air show as our prize every day this week. It's based on your interaction with us by text. Joining in the conversations or indeed coming up with something uh, brand new. Give us a name and an address so that we can enter you into that uh, competition. Now, as I say, tickets uh, up for grabs every day, but on Friday, uh, we will have an overall winner getting a free flight lesson with Ormond Flying Club. So that sounds like a nice uh, a nice prize indeed. Newsflash for David Dunn, it says here. That's Councillor David Dunn of Sinn Féin, who was speaking to me about those uh, leakages in uh, Carrick and Shore earlier on. He said, uh, sorry, this listener says, your party was in favour of Irish Water's water charge plans until it lost a by-election in Dublin South West to, to Paul Murphy. You chose populism over the prospect of rectifying our appalling water infrastructure and the country is now beginning to pay the price for your reckless short-term thinking. And that comes in from Garrett Kelleher, who is in Templemore. Good morning, Fran. We're paying for Irish Water, a massive billing company, and uh, keeping more CEOs and management in a lifestyle you or I will never see. Irish Water will be worse than the HSE, and our crazy government uh, will privatise at our peril, it says here. And other listeners saying they put a lot of money into uh, CIE, and uh, it says here, do they mean free travel the same? Okay, I'm not quite certain about that particular text. Do stay texting us 83 Legal discussion on tip today is brought to you in association with Lynch Solicitors Clan Mel on the web at lynchsolicitors.ie and at divorceinireland.com. And I'm joined now by Gillian from Lynch Solicitors. Good morning to you, Gillian. Good morning, Fran. And thanks very much indeed for coming on with us uh, today. You're going to talk to us about medical negligence, and indeed it is very topical at uh, the moment. I am indeed. Are these kind of cases, Gillian, are they particularly difficult? They're very, I suppose they are very difficult. They're, you know, because when people initially come into you, they're obviously in a very vulnerable state. They're very upset. And a lot of the time when people first come into us, it's they're looking for answers. They don't really know what's gone on or what's happened. And I presume you have to then, as you say, they're in a poor state, but you have to bring them through the whole process. And as we're seeing again lately, that can be very daunting. Absolutely. I mean, it's very much, you know, it's this, in most of these cases, you know, it's an individual versus the state. So it's really David and Goliath. And, you know, there are a lot of hurdles which have to be overcome. There are financial costs as well to bringing these cases. And I suppose the very first thing we have to do is we have to establish what's gone on here, mm. what, you know, what has actually happened. So we have to go and take up the medical records. And again, that can take some time if we have to go to a number of healthcare providers, a number of hospitals, doctors, and there may be a time period or a waiting list in some of the hospitals to even get those records. So by the time we've gathered all the records, they come in, we then have to review all the records, um, we have to organise all of the records, and we then we're obliged by law to get a medical report from an expert supporting a case in medical negligence. We have to identify the suitable expert 
and it will again depend on what type of medical negligence case you have and the suitable expert. Right, it sounds like an awful lot of work before you even come to the conclusion that there's a case. Absolutely, and we are prohibited by law, it's set out by the Supreme Court and the and the High Court, that we are ethically pro- prohibited from issuing proceedings medical negligence unless we have a supporting medical report. So you have to traipse around, get all of these reports, um, and then what, what initial steps do you take to, to establish the case mm-hmm. and to go ahead? So once we've got in the records, we go through them, we organise them and we prepare a chronology essentially of what's gone on. And we then go and identify a suitable expert to do a report for us. And we won't, we cannot identify what suitable expert until we see the records because we will have to get an expert with the same experience, same qualifications as the person against whom we're alleging or maybe alleging negligence. And I suppose Ireland is such a small country, we typically have to go outside mm. of Ireland to get these reports. And we go, normally we go to the UK for these reports. And, you know, these experts in the UK, they charge money for the reports. So we have to send them over all the records. They will do the report and they will charge, you know, it wouldn't be unusual for them to charge a couple of thousand euros for the report. And it's only then when we get the report, we know whether we have, you know, a statable case. Things go wrong, Gillian, in medical procedures all the time, but they go wrong in in a natural sort of way, if you know what I mean, because unforeseen circumstances Mm -hmm. and and all that kind of thing. What is the difference then between a negligence and and those things that can go wrong with a procedure? Yes, absolutely. As you say, things do go wrong. Um, There are risks associated with with every type of procedure. And if one of those risks Mm. essentially manifests itself, that is not necessarily medical negligence. So negligence is when the standard of care that is given to you drops below what is an acceptable standard of care. So that could be a misreading of scans, it could be your fractured ankle was dealt with inappropriately, it could be a delayed diagnosis or a misdiagnosis. So it's when the standard of care drops below an acceptable standard of care. So um, I suppose what that means is it drops below the standard of care or that no other person of equal profession would have done would have done it that way. Do you know the form that you sign before you have a procedure or an operation? Mm-hmm. What standing does that have? It it depends. It depends on the quality of the form. I've seen some forms which absolutely identify no risks and it's simply just a consent to the procedure. Um, it, it, you know, it depends on the hospital. The forms are very, very different. And some of them identify risks, some of them don't. Some of them are simply a consent to the procedure. What type of cases have you come across, Gillian? Um, we, deal, we deal with all types of cases, cancer misdiagnosis, um, orthopaedic cases. We've had quite a number of orthopaedic cases. We also deal with all the Dupuis cases, um, delayed diagnosis cases, um, gynecology cases. I mean, loads... You know, there are loads of different types of types of medical medical negligence cases. So it's really where there's negligence in any form of medical care, whether it's GP, hospital, whether it's a public hospital, a private hospital. It may be, you know, a radiologist misreading scans. It may be the surgeon doing something incorrectly, you know, while you're on the operating table. It covers all of that. There's a time, my understanding is there's a time scale for bringing forward 
a case. But what happens if you 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 don't discover for some time that there's been a negligence of some kind? Yes, and that's very often the case in medical negligence cases because you may, I suppose, the sta- what's called the statute of limitations that provides that you have two years from the date of the negligent event. So that could be the date of the surgery, the date of the scans being misread. But that it's, you know, it's often the case that people don't discover this for a number of years. So we also, what's built into the legislation is that you also have two years from the date of knowledge. So you then have to establish the date that you knew or ought to have known. And um, we've had quite a number of successful cases where we've based it on the date of knowledge rather than the date of the event. And in in terms of taking these kind of cases, I mean, what you described, the the Mm -hmm. pre-work that that you must do, um, I'm just wondering, does that put somebody off from taking a case? Because I presume they have to come up with the money up front, do they? They, yes, these experts in the UK, they will not release their reports without um, being paid being paid in advance. Right. Yeah, yeah. So, so, so this is where you don't even know that you actually have a negligence indeed, case. Indeed, But I suppose typically, you know, from experience, we would go through the records and we would give somebody, we would know from looking right. at the records okay. whether this is worth you know, going to the UK and spending this money. We wouldn't simply send every medical negligence inquiry to the UK. You know, we would advise people, yes, I think it's worth, you know, it's worth exploring this further. I think there may be something here. And I've often had to say to people, no, I think you'll be wasting your money on this. You know, I don't think there's anything here, you know, Mm. but if you do want to go and spend this money. But yeah, we would advise people. Where there's a group of people, and you mentioned the hip uh, Mm -hmm. situation, where there's a group of people with the same complaint, My understanding, again, is you can't do a class action in this country, can you? No, we don't have class action, so each case stands on its own merit. So proceedings are issued individually for each plaintiff. Right, and that's very different to any other country, is it? Indeed, indeed. So in the States, they have class actions, and in Australia, they have class actions. And, you know, they're, they're very big, big pieces of litigation in those countries. But no, here, it's each case stands on its own merits. Right, so even if they're very similar, it doesn't matter. It still has to be fought in the same way. Absolutely, but there may be a precedent, precedent case yes. which will decide some elements. You right, know, and does that speed things up if it, there's a precedent? Then? It does indeed. So there may be what, what we would call a test case. So there may be one case brought which would, and the court would determine issues of liability and negligence in those cases, and then all the other cases would flow from that. What would you say to somebody listening to us, Gillian, who think that they may have a case or there might be something niggling at them uh, about a procedure they had. What what would you say to them? Um, I suppose the first thing I'd say, come in and have a consultation with us. Yeah. And, you know, a lot, of, a lot of our successful cases, they stem from that. Somebody comes in, you know, something, as you say, has been niggling at them and they're, you know, it's, it's been there and they're worried about it. Yeah. And um, come in, have a consultation and we'll take it from there. But just to be aware of, you know, the statute of limitations, that it's two years from the date of the event or two years from the date of knowledge if you essentially discover it at a later point. All right, Gillian, good to talk to you today and thank you very much indeed. Thank, thank you. you and bye-bye to you. That's uh, Gillian Lynch there of Lynch Solicitors in Clonmel. Legal discussion on Tip Today is brought to you in association with Lynch Solicitors Clan Mel on the web at lynchsolicitors.ie and at divorceinireland.com.
Now, Barb was on to us to say the Taoiseach doesn't speak to the people of Ireland. Everything is spin. He made a statement about the women in the saddest and latest scandal in Ireland yesterday, saying that anyone can take a court case in the country. This is just not true. Survivors of abuse in Ireland, the Fianna Fáil government... Uh, signed an indemnity deal that stopped victims prosecuting their abusers, mainly uh, the religious orders, and set up the redress court for victims uh, who were the ones that ended up in court without the abusers even being present. 